Just a friendly reminder that if you wish to support the ministries of this podcast or of the local church in which I serve, you may send any donations to 563 East Main Street, Philadelphia, Mississippi, 39350, care of Henry's Chapel, UMC. Our scripture reading for today will come from the Gospel of Matthew in the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 23. And as you are turning there, I just want you to stop and think for a minute about, have you ever been put in a position, in a situation where you didn't really know what to do? I mean, life is full of these situations. How do I, or they leave you asking the question of, how do I navigate this? What do I do in this circumstance? I don't know about you, but, but I don't like being put in those situations. I, I like knowing the answer. I, I don't like feeling like I'm clueless or like I don't have an idea of what's going on. I, I need to know the rules and I'll abide by the rules. And a lot of this for me comes from that desire of wanting to be in control, of wanting to be able to control the narrative, of wanting to be able to control who, how people see me and perceive me. And maybe this is for you too, but have you ever found yourself in this situation where you don't know what to do? And in those situations, what do you normally do? Do you find yourself doing what you know to do, what you feel called by God to do, but you, or do you find yourself doing what the world says is right, seeking acceptance from God or acceptance from the world? You see, I think so often these situations don't just happen in everyday life, but for many of us, we find ourselves feeling the same way about our relationship with Jesus. We're like, okay, Jesus gave me my life. I know Jesus loves me, but, but now what? What do I do now? How do I, how do I use that information to navigate my, and make decisions? How do I find myself using the information and the knowledge that I have of God, the wisdom that I have given by God? How does that dictate what I do with my life? Because for many of us, the way in which we view that is that we have a list of do and do not. You must do this or you must not do that. But the problem is, is that this finds us following Christ out of an obligation And we lose sight of what Christ came to give us is not a list of obligations, but Christ came to give us an identity. And when we ask, what does it mean to follow Christ? For many of us, we find ourselves asking, what are the rules? What's the guidelines? Where are those beacons that I have to keep it between? What can I watch or what can I watch? Who can I hang out with? Who can I not hang out with? Should I post this or should I post that? There's there's a lot of yes and no, and it seems for a lot of people to follow Christ is given by a lot of negativity because it's a lot of you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. And it becomes very overwhelming and a lot to navigate, really. And for many, it becomes so overwhelming to us because, as I mentioned earlier, it's because we don't feel like we're in control. We find ourselves feeling like we're giving control over to someone else, which we absolutely are. But the reality is is because we view following Christ as fulfilling an obligation and to fulfill all of the requirements that we have to to be quote-unquote good enough 
to be what society deems as a Christian, to, to fulfill the rules of you have to wear this, you have to look this way, you have to act this way, you have to do this or do that in order to be a Christian. And we're all trying to fulfill the obligation so that when we get, so that when we die, we will have the checklist marked off and we will say that we have been good enough to be accepted and forgiven to get into heaven. And that's how we view our lives. Do I, am I fulfilling what I have to? Am I fulfilling the obligation to get into heaven? And Jesus came to give us so much more than just a list of rules. He came to give us a new identity. So if you want to navigate this life, if you want to walk in the fullness of who God has, of what God has for you, if you want to walk into any situation with confidence and boldness, we must first know who we are. We must know our true identity. Because when you know who you are, you're not fulfilling an obligation, but you're following and pursuing a calling. So who are you? Because when you know who you are, when you know the value you have, and this real identity is more valuable than the other's opinions. This idea of when you start to take on your true identity that Christ has given you, you value that more than you value the opinion of the world. When you know the identity you have, it changes everything. It's not a, you don't, Decide what you do because of an obligation, but it changes what you watch. It changes how and where you spend your money and how and why you treat people the way you do or even how you treat yourself. It gives you the confidence you need to navigate this life and to live as God has called you to. Because when you know who you are, you're not fulfilling an obligation, but you are following a calling. And this shows the importance of knowing who you really are, who you were created to be, what is the image in which you possess. But to, in order to know who you are, you have to know who God is. And the reasoning behind this is because as we hear at the very beginning, we are created in the image of God. And so as we begin to grow in that relationship with Christ, we then begin to find out who we are at the source of who we are. As I said, we're going to be looking at Matthew in the 16th chapter, verses 13 through 23. And in this section of Scripture, we hear a story that we looked at a few weeks ago. But the story of who does the world think that Jesus is? And, and we begin in verse 13 where it says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, Who do people say that I am? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say you're John the Baptist, and others say you're Elijah, and still others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am. And, and for many of us, we could stop right there and ask our, ourselves that same question. Who do we say that Jesus is? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone 
that he was the Messiah. And so even as they knew in their mind who God, who Christ was, they said, you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. We, we hear, heard about it last week, but they still did not understand what that meant. Because in verse 21, we hear from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples what he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And on the third day to be raised and Peter looked took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter says, no, Jesus, that, sh- that couldn't happen. That, that, how dare you? He says, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, and you are setting your mind on the, not on divine things, but on human things. You see, even in that set, the disciples, while they were saying, you are the Messiah, they still wanted Christ to fall into the stencil of who they wanted or needed him to be. And we do the same. We do the same in our own world of saying we need, we want such need Christ to be this, or also we do the same to people today. We say you are this or you are that. You This is how I define you because this is who I want you or need you to be for me to feel whole. But let's go back to the original question. Who are you? How do you define yourself? Do you define yourself by what others say and think or or how they view you? Or do you define yourself through who God created and calls you? See, the reality that we see throughout Scripture is not only did God create us in the image of God, but throughout Scripture we hear who God says we are. God says things like you are a new creation. You are a masterpiece. You are precious and loved. You are a son or a daughter. You are a friend, a temple, a chosen one. You are more than conquerors. You are co-heirs with Christ. And we need to claim that image because when you know who you are, you're no longer just trying to fulfill an obligation to be good enough for Jesus. But what you hear is that you're already good enough. Just live into the calling that God has placed on your life. Live into the image that you were created to be because when you know who you are, you're not fulfilling some obligation, but you are fulfilling a calling. You're following a calling because you are being your authentic and true self, not putting on masks. And when you know who you are in Christ, you're able to see others as they truly are. Because it's not just you, you understand, but all are created in the image of God. And God claims these truths about all of God's creation. God places this identity on all of God's children. Many of us are claiming, sitting there right now going, I don't need to hear this. I know who I am. I've got it figured out. I know who I really am. But as we start to realize, do we really? Because for many of us, we're walking around through this life in a charade. We've covered ourselves with so many masks that we've lost sight of who we truly are or we've just forgotten. And sadly, many times we don't even realize that we've covered it up. My resolution for 2021 is to learn more and more about who I really am. 
Last year, I started to unpack who I really was, what made me tick, why I did some of the things I did, and started to realize that there was a lot of wanting to be in control, desiring to put on an image of who people wanted me to be. But the reality is, is that there, that, that causes so much stress, anxiety, and just frustration in our world that finds us lashing out in various ways of hate and disagreement and division. We need to move from knowing who we are to living out our true identity and even claiming it. So how do we find it? How do we live into this identity? How do we learn more about our call and stop viewing life as an obligation? You see, that was the reality. I found myself living into an obligation, trying to be who the world told me to be or who this group told me to be or who that group told me to be. And not all of it was necessarily a negative thing, but the reality was is it wasn't me. I was trying to fulfill the obligation that others had placed on me. And the reality is, is the only thing that I'm called to fulfill is the calling that Christ has placed on my life. And so in order to understand that, maybe this Lenten season, we need to embrace some ways, some spiritual practices, some means of grace that we can use to understand who we are called to be. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of these things such as searching the scripture and fasting and prayer, which through the ideas of confession and repentance, Sabbath and worship. As I said, I'm on a mission this year to be more of who God made me to be. Not who others say or think that I am or desire for me to be. Not who I desire or even perceive myself to be. But to be who God has uniquely wired and created me to be. And in order to do that, in order to discover who I am, I've noticed that I need to grow in a relationship with God. And as I, know, as I begin to discover more deeply who I am, I started to notice And I've started to notice over the past year that insecurities fade away because I'm not worried about what other people see or perceive about me because I am loved by God. Temptations ease because I know what my calling is and thus I pursue it over those worldly things. And when I feel attacked, I'm less bothered by others' opinions because they don't really matter in the grand scheme when people are desiring me to be this or that or upset because I didn't do what they wanted me to do, it doesn't truly matter as long as I'm living into the call that God has placed on my life. And I'm reminded of who they are and whose I am. You see, the reality is is understanding my identity has helped me to understand others as well as I begin to understand who they are in Christ, and it changes the way in which I interact with others and with God's creation. And what I start to realize is greater is he who is in me than he is who is in the world. I'm no longer worried about seeking the ways of the world as I am worried about seek and seeking the ways of God because it is innate within me to pursue after who God has called me to be. Someone seeking to love and extend mercy and grace in this world. Someone seeking to unify instead of divide. 
someone seeking to proclaim the good news instead of fear and anxiety. And no one and nothing can snatch that from me because it was given to me by the almighty hand of God. And because I know who my God is and the value that I have in God, this changes the call to be Christian, the call to life, the call to what we do and don't do. And every aspect of your life shifts because you no longer view it as an obligation, but a calling, an identity placed on you from the very beginning on who you were created to be. You're no longer trying to be someone else, but you get to be who you are authentically. Because you have taken on the image of Christ that you were created in. So I ask you again, who are you? Amen and amen.